A mighty feast of hot steaming music brought to you in stereo by bostonfreeradio.com. Boston Free Radio has no corporate agenda. We're independent media for the people. Your music, your voice, your station. Good, y'all. The indefinable Sterling Golden is back in the building. This is the season three premiere of The Chop Session, held down by 320 Entertainment. We thank you once again for locking in for this award-winning interview radio series here on Boston Free Radio. 60 minutes of thought-provoking, intimate conversation with the names you need to know now. Now, family, in case you miss an episode of The Chop Session or you happen to tune in late say no more fam we got you you can catch each and every episode of the chop session one hour after their broadcast premiere here on boston free radio wherever you listen to podcasts hit that subscribe button and you can catch each and every episode of our series as well as check out every chop session to date And this week for our season premiere of The Chop Session, we have with us one of real hip-hop's most enduring names of the last two decades. Ahead of his first live set in nearly two years this weekend at Boston Cannabis Week, and after dropping a brand new collab with Amadeus 360, The Beat King, titled 360, he is here to talk about his career, his upcoming plans, and so much more. He is the one and only terminology. He is with us this evening to premiere season three of The Chop Session. Term, what's good, man? Welcome to The Chop Session. What up, man? How you doing? We're doing, man. Everything's everything. You know, it's a new season, new situation. You're actually our first in-studio guest since the first season like a year and a half ago so this is a dope situation it's dope to have you here man especially with so much amazing shit happening right now with terminology with a new record a performance we'll be talking a lot about this hour but let's go right into it man this latest collab the album 360 with amadeus 360 the beat king needless to say it's fire term let's hear more though about working with amadeus 360 yeah definitely um you know, I opened my own studio during the pandemic in New York City. Um, kind of a crazy thing to do to open a business during the pandemic, but it worked out in my favor because um, I had the space picked out before coronavirus actually hit. And um, I was supposed to open the business on April 1st, but we all know what happened around March 15th. The world changed. Yeah. Uh, mask up, stay in the house. Everybody's scared. Uh, laws changing, rules changing. So it took me a little while to open the studio, a few months. But once I finally opened it back up, um, I banged out three albums this year, um, all out of my studio, Time is Money, in Brooklyn. So first I did Goya, uh, part three, which dropped in March. Um, then I did uh, uh, 1982, the EP with Static Selector. And then lastly, we uh, Amadeus and I linked up in the studio together and did 360. So, you know, I was kind of just taking advantage of my new space. I had a new creative space 
And yeah, I was able to knock out, you know, five projects in about a year, a year and a half's time. Uh, two of them, which have not dropped yet, they're on the way. And the three that I just mentioned are out now. It's dope, man. You know, it's out there right now, you guys. You can stream it really anywhere. Yeah. You know, just Google it. You know, terminology with Amadeus 360, The Beat King. It is called 360. You'll hear a few tracks from that record throughout the hour here on the Chop Session. So stay locked in for some sounds from the album 360. But let's get right into the terminology story. You know, we talked a little bit off air before we began taping here about the prehistory of terminology. For many folks, it was around the mid-2000s when terminology entered the chat. You know, but let's go before that. Let's talk mid to late 1990s, early 2000s, the prehistory. Let's go into it. Yeah, uh, you know, well, hip-hop has always been something I love since a kid. I was born in 1982. Um, I started rapping when I was around nine years old. So early 90s, um, not professionally, obviously, just kind of playing with the idea of freestyling and doing different things like that. And, um, you know, around 13, 14, I started making demos in my boy's basement, four-track recorders. Uh, we were buying beat machines. We were doing like karaoke-style pause tape demos. And, um, yeah, I've been recording ever since, man. So, you know, I'm 38 now. It's been about 24 years that I've been actually recording and I've made thousands and thousands of songs. I have 43 uh, projects out now that you can physically buy on CD. You can get them at my band camp, uh, providing they're not sold out. Or you can, uh, the ones that are available for streaming, you can go to Apple Music or Spotify, uh, YouTube. There's hundreds of videos on YouTube. Uh, so yeah, man, it's a real lengthy catalog and um, I'm excited to, you know, to keep adding on to it. Absolutely, man. You know, you talked a little bit about how much you've loved, you know, hip hop since boyhood. So let's get into it, man. What were some of the influences of terminology? Yeah, I think like early influences was like Snoop, Dre, uh, Ice Cube, um, Cypress Hill, uh, you know, a lot of Humpty Dumpty, you know what I'm saying, Humpty Dance, uh, Shock G. It's just like, it was a lot of like whatever was on TV, it's not like I knew any better. I was a kid, right? So if you know, I was seeing Snoop and Dre on TV. I'm hearing Ice Cube, um, Cypress Hill, um, Black Sheep, mm -hmm. you know, Red Man. Then as I got a little bit older, when I started being able to to grab the 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 music myself and have my own Walkman and tapes, then we you know then we move on to like Notorious Big and uh, Wu Tang and uh, other artists like that. So really, the early '90s rappers really, really influenced me to rap and influenced my style and my sound. Um, and then I fell in love with hip-hop in the mid-90s and just kind of became a super fan and a sponge of all all those artists. It was a golden era for hip-hop, man. Yeah. You know, no question about that. But let's fast forward now to a time where the public is a bit more familiar with terminology, the mid-2000s. Out the gate, the single This Is Hip Hop, which got the source fucking with the movement, so take us back to that time of your life, man, and the initial reaction that went through your mind seeing a publication like The Source show love. Yeah, I mean, at that time, it was a very um, big deal for you to be in a publication. You know, any, any really, any published thing was a big deal. This is before social media. Um, so I remember 
the time where if you was in the unsigned hype uh, in the source, that means you were just one step away from getting signed. Yeah, You got noticed by the hip hop Bible as being the new person that is like that dude. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, it was very important to me at the time when I got the unsigned hype. Shout out to Jeff two times, Boston legend, OG. He is uh, responsible for getting me in that column. And also Static Selector, who brought me up to the source and brought me to Jeff two times. So, you know, without those two gentlemen, um, <laughs> who knows, you know, where the path would have went because they definitely helped me uh, with that, which led to more things like the double XL show improve. And, uh, you know, those things led to things like the BET Cypher. And, right. um, you know, just it's crazy the things. Uh, that I've been through in my career because I've survived multiple eras um, where now somebody, I could probably tell a newer artist, you know, how big of a deal that was. It They wouldn't understand it because right. now we have social media. So we have different goals and we have streaming. Um, so now I guess like the biggest thing you could do is be like on Rolling Loud. You could perform at Rolling Loud or the biggest thing you could do is get on Rap Caviar, uh, podcast, uh, Rap Caviar, um, playlist on Spotify because you know that your song is then going to get millions and millions of streams because you're aligned with the newest, hottest music and there's millions of followers that just put on Rap Caviar and just let it rock. So, um, yeah, man, with those, with those, uh, changes being made, um, I've been able to adjust, but I'm still very happy that I was able to experience that era. Do you feel that kids today are missing out on that experience of, you know, instead of blowing up on social media or being on a stage like Rolling Loud, you know, I don't want to say in our day, you know, I mean, but before, before, you know, when we had the source as our yeah. Bible for hip hop, if you will, and you mm-hmm. appeared in those pages, do you feel that kids today are missing out on that experience? Absolutely. Um, you know, there's something to be said about physical, physical tangible things. Um, I appreciate streaming. I understand it. I can move with it, but there's still some quality um, in holding a vinyl in your hand, right. and holding a CD and holding a, a, you know, a t-shirt, a hat, uh, a, like a, a physical product you know what i'm saying so it's 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 crazy that we've moved on to the digital world um but i also i like the fact that now okay for a little while um vinyl and cd like went under for a little while yeah I'm talking like late 2000s like two like 2013 mm-hmm. uh you couldn't sell a vinyl or a cd but prior we were selling them by the thousands, right? When I first came out, Watch How It Go Down sold 4,000 copies on vinyl, mm-hmm. which is a lot now. You know, yeah. now uh, you have labels making 300 copies, and to sell that out is hard for our artists because yes. to get 300 people to buy a $40 product is not easy. You have to have a following, um, which is why a lot of people make products and they can't sell, so they get discouraged. But for me, um, I remember when the vinyl was $5, you mm-hmm. know, the single was $5, the yeah. album was 10 Yeah. And now it's $50, you know what I'm saying? Because it's so important. Everything is so digital that a physical item is so important now that it's become uh, worth more. So I appreciate that the physical product uh, now has a different worth to it. 
definitely is interesting to walk into a vinyl shop now mm-hmm. and see. Whereas, you know, I mean, a lot of it has to do, I think, also with inflation, yeah, too. Sure. Because, like, say, 30, 40 years ago, a vinyl, a new LP would have cost maybe, you know, 8 to $10 now, 40 to 50 mm-hmm. as you pointed out, or maybe 35 if we're lucky. But it's just insane to walk in now and see a new title. And, you know, if we had walked into a record store in the 90s and saw a new record for 40 bucks, we'd have been like, well, what's in here? Yeah. You know, what's special about this? But now it's common. Mm -hmm. It's wild to think about, you know? Now, you know, going back further into the past of terminology, the history, if you will, tell us about your early connection with Crumb Snatcher and eventually DJ Premier, a connection which would lead to Watch How It Go Down. Yeah, definitely. Um, Crumb introduced me to Premier. Uh, He brought me to the Gangstar, same team, no games, video shoot in the Bronx. Um... If I'm not mistaken, this was late 2003 that he brought me uh, to that video shoot where I met Guru and Premier and um, made an appearance in the video, uh, which was also my first time ever being on TV because the video was on BT and I had a small cameo in there. So that was a big win for me at the time. And, uh, you know, the introduction to Primo, obviously, I'm, I'm a huge Gangstar fan. Um having those experiences with Guru um, are priceless, you know what I'm saying? So I uh, forever am appreciative to Crumb for believing in me, for being, you know, a 978 legend, a Boston legend, uh, a hip-hop legend, if you will. And, um, yeah, man, he he seen, he seen it in me. He knew that I was going to go on to do great things, and he signed me at a young age, Um to his group, he had a group called the Wolves. I was one of the Wolves. There was like ten to fifteen of us, uh, and yeah, it went good for a while. And then we both kind of like outgrew the situation where I went on my own. And uh, when I went on my own, that's kind of when I ended up circling back with Static because I knew Static before I knew Crumb. Right. I knew Static since we were kids, but uh, Static wasn't a boss yet. He was just a DJ. So when he moved to New York, um, he started making more boss moves and he started working for more industry people and going to industry parties. So at that point, um, he had hosted a mixtape for me, uh, Static, in 2004. And I kind of like explained to him the journey that I was on and the mission I was on. And he was like, all right, come to New York then. You know, come to New York. You really, you believe in yourself. You want to invest in yourself. I got a lot going on out here. Why don't you come out here? So when I left uh, being signed with Crumb, I went on to move uh, with Static, and um, I never signed to Static. Instead, what me and Static did was we came to an agreement that, you know, whoever blew up first was going to take the other with the other, and we were going to release music together uh, under both of our labels, which would be ST Records is mine and Show Off was his. Right. And you know, we made the marriage of ST Show Off in 2005, um, where we did multiple features, mixtapes, shows together. And then we got the beat in December of 2005 for Watch How Go Down and uh, recorded it in January 2006, which would then go on to change my life. Because before Primo gave me the Watch How Go Down, um, I was just going through a lot of personal things. Right. And, um, you know, once I got the beat, it put me on tour. It changed uh, my price. It, it, it doubled my price, tripled, quadrupled. Five times, ten times my price mm-hmm. for live shows, for features. Right. It just brought my stock up in the game. And, um, you know, I never looked back, bro. Watch how good that was kind of like my introduction to the world. 
if you say, and um, yeah, so that was that was the mission. It was a solid introduction for so many out there, man, for real. Yeah. And speaking of stock rising with terminology, we're actually going to uh, take a break right now and drop a track right now from the new 360 joint, a collab with Terminology and Amadeus 360, the Beat King. This track upcoming right now, star of the show featuring Easy Money and a gentleman who will be on the bill this weekend at Boston Cannabis Week and Underground at Ink Block. We're talking about Sky Zoo. Tell us more about star of the show. Yeah, Star the Show is dope, man. Uh, I always love collabing with Sky Zoo. Easy, you know, obviously is my my brother. You know what I'm saying? We started ST together, so that's my dog. That's my partner in rhyme. Um, and uh, yeah, just I for for my particular voice, since there was a Slick Rick sample in there, I tried my best to mimic how I thought. Uh, my I did my best impersonation of Slick Rick for a couple bars uh, on that on the song. So you know that was just me having fun and trying to do something new and creative. Well, here it is, y'all. Star of the show, terminology. Amadeus three sixty, the Beat King, Sky Zoo, Easy Money. We're back in five here on the Chop Session. This is the indefinable Sterling Golden, and this is Boston Free. With a star facing like <laughs> Know what the aura be Word to who drawn to it Caught it accordingly Slime the family Stone the way I toss these Like everybody's a star Whole crew on beam Now I get it and divvy it up That's the loyalty Do it like nobody did it How the cars be Reflecting by any means Forever no intervene Is everything to believe When you thought of me So when them lights get brighter You throw them on to me I treat it like it's 30,000 Out in front of me Back and forth with them all's what it's come to be Turn star off the stoop and did it comfortably For real You know what? You know what? Yo, Ology, what's up? You made easy uh, Family affair, the family in here, you heard? I have the star this day Yeah Star of the show, stay above par with the flow uh-huh. Sacrifice today so tomorrow we grow The Rona trying to make his performance part with the dough But God willing to bounce back will be marvelous, yo Started the rap hoping that I got some props But in the process I got some guap Why not come through and rock the spot Got they hands high like a black man not Trying to get shot by cops It's fucked up Could have been me, could have been you or him Your family member or your truest friend Word. I cannot wait to rock a live crowd with the crew again And have them screaming Fuck police all in unison So ST, we gon' smash the set uh-huh. All the mommies in the front Go and flash your breast. We gon' rock every last request But hold up, before that Tell a promoter to pass the check You heard? Woo! Here we go You know what? You know what? Yo, people I'm a dance It's go time <laughs> I am the star this day Yeah I'm the star of the show Six minutes, I'll G your own. Uh, they know 
me as the microphone killer My only competition is the man in the mirror Bottle of tequila, model in the villa Slick Rick flow, truck go chinchilla uh, Six minutes, I'll G, your They all lined up to see the king in his throne Ladies in the front when he's singing his song And they loving the tone, like Nina Simone Back to my regular flow, I'm about dope Yellow diamonds looking like piss in the snow This a bar show, intro to outro Whip the car slow, straight out the car show It's the guard, yo, they call me Passport T Got G's in my leaves like leaves in the trees I'm a deus, gave me the beat so I could kill it And I did it, vocabulary is exquisite Star of the show, off the new joint 360 A collab with Amadeus 360, the Beat King And my man right here, the Ace Terminology, kicking off the Chop Session Season 3 here this evening on Boston Free Radio. I am the indefinable Sterling Golden. In case you miss an episode of our series, y'all, or you tune in late, say no more, fam, we got you. Check out each and every episode of the Chop Session wherever you fuck with podcasts. And speaking of things you have got to fuck with, let's talk all about Boston Cannabis Week right here. It starts today, and it's here till the 26th, but really... It's this Saturday, the 25th, we are here to dish on. In addition to terminology, blessing the stage, we also have Freddie Gibbs, Mick Jenkins, Jasmine Red, Guru Sanal, and you just heard him, Sky Zoo. Bell time is 3 p.m. this Saturday at Underground at Ink Block, 90 Traveler Street, Boston. For tickets, hit up bcwtix.com. By the way, that is tix.com, bcwtix.com. Calm. We're here with Terminology here on the CHOP session. Let's delve back now further into the history of terminology and politics as usual, one of the seminal terminology joints in the catalog. It brought so many iconic hip-hop producers together, Term. So what are some of the songs from politics as usual that you feel remain vital to this day? All the primo ones, I perform, you know, I perform all three of them. They've stayed in rotation, you know, they stood the test of time um, over, you know, 10, 10 plus years uh, performing Watch How Go Down, So Amazing and How We Rock. Such a blessing to have even one primo track, you know, and I have multiple. Um, I think we counted them one day. I have 10 collabs with primo. Um, yeah. I did three on that album. I did one with uh, Little Fame Physiology. I did the Get Off the Ground remix. Um, there's three of them on Big Shug's albums, which is a Play It remix, uh, My Boston, and uh, there's another one that we did a video for as well. So, man, you know these uh these collaborations are so cool. Antihero with Slain, uh, you know, off the Antihero album. Yeah. Um, th- those Primo records are, are just timeless, man, and and that's why he's Primo. You know what I'm saying? Because he gives you that. He gives you that. Um, I think that the the album is. Is uh people say it's my best album, you know what I'm saying? Um definitely my highest selling album. Yes. I would say that um the most promotion I got as an artist, the peak of um of terminology as a rapper, I think was at that point. I've definitely had moments where you know, where I've been bigger and done bigger things and accomplished uh bigger stuff, but at that moment that was kinda like the height. Um, yeah. And yeah, I'm forever thankful for that deal for Nature Sounds. Shout out to Devin from Nature Sounds. Shout out to Dan Green, who got me the deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was my manager at the time. And um, 
yeah, man, I was able to build these cool relationships with people like the Alchemist, uh, rest in peace, Prodigy. Yeah. Was able to have Prodigy on the album, on the Alchemist beat. Um, Pete Rock, get in the studio with Pete Rock. My man Easy Money wrote the hook. You know, we wrote it together. You know, I came up with the, the week and then also that's me singing in there. And then Easy filled in the, you know, these cats on up in the street, but no, no. So Easy did that. And, um, and, and, and we had Pete Rock sing it. So just stuff like that, bro. Like being in baseline studio, Jay Z studio at the time. Yeah. Uh, doing a song with Pete Rock. It's just these, these things are like out of my, out of my dreams, my wildest dreams, uh, as a kid. And I was able to make these moments happen. Uh, which would basically shape the rest of my career because since I got the big boy bag at the moment, I shared it. Everybody got paid on the project. Everybody yeah. involved with the project got paid. And um, after that, it was like people just didn't want to charge me no more. You know, we became friends. We became family. I had Sheik Luch on the album, and then me and Sheik went on to make 100 songs later. You know what I'm saying? So uh, that type of camaraderie and loyalty um, and friendship that I was able to build with certain people like Buck Wild, um, you know, like I said, Sheik Luch, Little Fame. Um, these are people that were like people I just wanted to work with in the industry and then later became family. And, you know, I have that album to thank. Um, definitely, though, even with all these dope collaborations you've done the last couple of decades, surely there's got to be maybe one or two collabs that may be still on the fantasy list for yeah. the term. So. I'll put it out to you right now, you know, living or deceased, any genre, any era, the one fantasy collab <laughs> for terminology. I'm such a fan of the game, it's hard to pick one, but uh, one that I would say that has been like uh, since the beginning of time would be Dr. Dre for sure. Mm-hmm. I've just always wanted to work with Dre. I just know uh, as a fan, he brings the best out of people. Um, mm-hmm. So I can't even imagine what I would do. You know, and the and for a long time I felt that way about Primo too. So when I got Watch How Go Down, you see that I I brought myself to another level, and I don't think I've ever actually ever matched that moment of intensity right. that I did that day with Watch How Go Down. I might have written better verses or had a better performance, mm-hmm. but that that specific space I was in. I owe that to Primo because he brought that out of me. And I kind of feel like if I was in the lab with Dre, I would be able to do that again. Well, I'll tell you what. I think one day, my man, that can be manifested. Terminology, Dr. Dre, and a collab. I see it one day being a thing. Oh, yeah. It would be dope for sure. Well, I'll tell you this. Speaking of legends and icons of hip-hop and beyond, as a listener, Term, of the mixtapes that Terminology has dropped, my personal number one selection has always been If Heaven Was a Mile away. I still have the slimline disc, in fact, for that. God, man, Jay Dilla, Soul Quarian, Slum Village, story goes on and on, but it's safe to say, term, James DeWitt Yancey, Jay Dilla, is one of the most important producers in hip-hop history and surely a future rock and roll Hall of Famer. So let's hear terminology on Jay Dilla. Yeah. uh, You know, I was introduced to Dilla through hip hop, of course, without knowing, you know, um, as a kid, you're not, you're not aware enough to read credits, but as you get older, you can go back and, and read credits, at least in our day, we did with the physical CDs. So now you would have to go into title or Spotify and try to find out who the producer was or Google. But, um, yeah, man, I, I've always liked Jay Dilla and static actually, you know, put me on and made me like a super fan of Jay Dilla. Um, 
you know, because he put me onto his whole entire catalog uh, and actually gave me most of the beats that you hear on the If Heaven Was a Mile Away. Mm -hmm. um, Static had a folder that had like 250 Jay Dilla beats on it. And he gave me the folder. And some of the beats actually were never even released. I don't know how he got them, but he had about 10 that never were released. And on the mixtape, we did. Some of them were out uh, to the public and people, other people rapped on. And some of them were uh, actually never heard before. So um, it was it was a crazy experience dropping that mixtape because um, he... Jay Dilla's music was being put out through Nature Sounds. Yeah. And at the, it was at the same time that I was on Nature Sounds. So I was able to get a pass on certain things, but even still, um, the mixtape was like blocked from being sold, you know, because obviously his family owned the rights. And um, it was a free mixtape that was on that piff That's the, mm -hmm. at the time, you know what I mean? So even though they liked it and they expressed that they liked it, um, the family, it just it wasn't able to be sold, and that's why it's not bigger um, than it should than it should be today, yeah. honestly. But uh, but yeah, as a as a fan, I'm a huge fan, and you know, Static, like I said, kind of gave me the folder, mm -hmm. and yeah, I mean, I, if I remember correctly, there's like 19 songs on it. We went in yes. on that joint. Yes, we went in on that. It's a dope mixtape. Like I said, my personal favorite of all of the terminology mixtapes that are out there in the streets. It's called If Heaven Was a Mile Away, y'all. And, of course, Rest in Paradise, uh, Jay Dilla. And, you know, speaking again about the icons and the legends of hip-hop term, one thing I do want to also touch upon is, you know, sadly, in spite of their cred and undeniable influence, there are so many hip-hop pioneers out there who I don't believe have, you know, the same level of respect or care that has been taken for them that some of the other superstars or other legends like Dre or Jay-Z have had, you know, sometimes you hear stories about some of the pioneers of the game that, you know, sadly may have been used by poor management or may have been taken advantage of, or, you know, have been left broke because of decisions that were made through contracts and things like that. They had no control over. And to me, you know, it's a sad situation because some of these folks out there should not be living that way because of their stature, because of what they've given to the game. What are your feelings on this? Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that uh, it's sad when you see a lot of the pioneers and people that, uh, you know, invented hip hop or, you know, were there from the beginning of hip hop. And like you said, due to um, contractual things, they're, you know, they're not getting what, what they deserve. And um, there's so much money, um, you know, being made, uh, with these corporations, you know, that there is infinite funds that can be given back uh, to our legends and our pioneers. Unfortunately, um, we would need the right people to be able to give those opportunities out. You know what I mean? So um, I just think the people uh, should step up and kind of show them some love. And at the same time, uh, I will say that every man is responsible for himself. So we would hope that if somebody uh, was in poor fortune and they got a second chance that, you know, that they do the right thing. Absolutely. You know, I can recall a story I heard a few years back, you know, in regards to the great DJ Cool Herc, who frankly was the pioneer of this shit, you know, in 73 in the Bronx. When he came up, you know, to do a set for the old Fresh Produce Night 
here in Boston at Good Life. I can recall hearing a couple of, you know, rumored stories about the status of DJ Coolhark and a situation that, frankly, we have no business even prying into, but it's out there, you know, regarding his, you know, financial situation or living situation, things like that. It was all over the place at the time. Mm -hmm. And you didn't know what to believe, but in your head, you're thinking, man, fuck that. DJ Cool Herc, you know, I mean, goes without saying, this man invented this whole game. And if that was all true, he should never have been living that way or dealing with that shit, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Cool Herc should never be uh, going through that. You know what I mean? Never. Um, no. Somebody who invented this this thing of ours that everybody profits off, um, the inventor and the pioneers should be should be taken care of. Um, and that even comes back to show promoters. I mean, you guys, uh, you know, respectfully will pay little Uzi Vert $300,000 to come to a festival. Right. Um, that same festival, there will be also 20, 30 other people. The festival is going to be sold out no matter what, whether you add the one big artist or not, because the artists are interchangeable. So the you can't tell me that there's not budgets and money available that would change some of these guys' life. Um, so you know, I think that uh, everybody that's profiteer like profiting off of hip hop uh, should be responsible in taking care of the elders in hip hop to a degree. Uh, not saying that you have to, um, you know go out of your way to like babysit anybody um, right. or give any free gifts, but include the pioneers um, into right. the new programming of things so that way they can eat too because without them, there's no us. So exactly. I think that's just a simple way to kind of help it Well, if there was a way. Well, on that note, y'all, we're going to be going on another song break here right. on the Chop Session. We're back in a few minutes here on Boston Free Radio. This is another track from 360, the dope collab with Terminology and Amadeus 360, the Beat King. This one has features from Sheik Luch and Little Fame. Black Mask Part 2 is the track. Real quick term, let's hear more about Black Mask Part 2. So we did Black Mask Part 1. Uh, on the Dame Grease album, mm -hmm. everybody loved it. The visual was crazy. A lot of love on uh, on IG, um, YouTube, you know, etc. And um, yeah, every time we link up, you know, straight off the block, you know, uh, Black Mass Two, it's just like the three of us. We just we, we're just three lyrical monsters, man. And when we come together, we really we sound dope together on songs. You know, shout out to Sheik Luch, Legendary Locks. And uh, MOP, you know, Lil Fame from MOP. Those are my dogs, man. So here it is. Black Mask Part 2. Black Mask Part 2. This is the Chop Session. I am the indefinable Sterling Golden, and this is Boston Free Radio. Yo, you niggas out here celebrating attention, mistaken for success. We just follow tradition. I put my home team in position. MOP. Marksman, the coalition. I thrive for the money. If you run from the work, then you might as well hide from the money And fame been there, I put you in the ambulance With your homie telling you to hang in there Blasphemy, ain't no scuffle for the kid The ski mask way, niggas will run up in your crib I send out an amber alert, they fucking with the kid I get you blamed and murked in front of where you live We gon' handle that Pop off and that bitch jump back Wig popped off with that shit slumped back I rock with the OGs and the young cats Facts, nigga. 
nigga. Fuck hey, yo, 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 these grown niggas is a joke. Acting like COVID, the only reason that they broke. You ain't putting on a weed, so why the fuck you want smoke? But every rhyme you act like you the Pablo or Coke. I was on the block, nigga, you was in one oak. You ain't want this Glock, nigga, you was gonna choke. <laughs> Shit, I'm just trying to act my age. It saved money, so I don't need no GoFundMe page. Before I used to jump out the Camry and wave the gun at them till these niggas understand me. Now everything I do is for my goddamn family. And stay away from niggas, cause they only gonna jam me. Yeah, and we ain't need help yet. Locks came in this game as a goddamn threat. Put us with MOP, now that's a goddamn bet. I got nothing else to say, yo, turn where you at, nigga. Of explosives, I swear to Mary and Joseph. I'm 94, shook Mary and focus. Incomparable dopeness, bitch. I'm barely the brokest. I got stockbrokers coming over, carrying folders. Manila envelopes filling out to care the posters. The newest vaccine on the scene, the scariest doses. My interior is superior. They sick as malaria. MOP, LOS, allergy in your area. From filling up the marinas to filling up millimeters. We diversify geniuses. Red beam if you're leaning us immediately. Leave you screaming when the heat is steaming. Doctor trying to relieve them. That's Surgery gon' be tedious Holes in the backpack and drugs like Sevious Mischievous We're mixing them ingredients My trap's all devious Whip got a key in it Before trees with legal scale Always had a pee on it Pen game precise The poetry is premium Walking dictionary and encyclopedia Legendary grind Go and check my Wikipedia Never listen to cries or lies in the media Your enemies will pray for the day You decay so the trays by the waist And the K's in the safe S.T. Dr. Score we rock motherfuckers Like it's something for me to let it pop motherfucker Black Mask Part 2 off the new 360 collab terminology on Dance 360 The Beat King That track featured Sheik Looch and Little Fame this is the Chop Session. I am the indefinable Sterling Golden. This is Boston Free Radio here this week for our season premiere with the Ace Terminology. And next week here on the Chop Session, actually, we have another dope guest, someone familiar to myself and to longtime listeners of the Old Sterling Perspective podcast, the Old Sterlingology Live Morning Show. Fabulous designer, extraordinaire, and a dear confidant of mine, Francine Makua of Makua Swimwear is pulling up for our second episode of the season next Monday here on Boston Free Radio. And then on the 4th of October, kicking off the month, another icon of Boston hip-hop, Acrobatic, is back at it again here in the studio. And then on the 11th of October, international designer on the come-up, Marion Salone. And in case you miss an episode of The Chop Session or tune in late, we got you. Check out each and every episode of The Chop Session wherever you listen to podcasts. So, terminology, I understand this weekend you're busy. Boston Cannabis Week began today. It goes through the 26th, but this Saturday, you are blessing the stage on a bill with Freddie Gibbs, Mick Jenkins, Sky Zoo, Jasmine Red, and Guru Sanel. Bell time, 3 p.m. The venue is Underground at Ink Block, 90 Traveler Street, Boston. For tickets, hit up bcwtix.com. And that is T-I-X, y'all. We'll talk more in a few with Term about Boston Cannabis Week. But first, what is good, Dad Gang? Uh, Good Dad Gang is a grassroots movement that I started in 2014, uh, started as a hashtag on Instagram. I was just hanging out with my kids every weekend, and uh, I would hashtag Good Dad Gang. Ended up turning into a t-shirt, uh, which ended up turning into a clothing company, and then turned into a corporation. And now is just a, a worldwide movement 
um, of fathers that are just proud to be dads and, uh, you know, trying to be in their kid's life and be present. Um, we have 95 tattoos now with people all over the world who have the logo. We have a sneaker deal. We have collaborations with DJ Premier and Gangstar. We have collaborations with Diamond Supply. We have backpack giveaways um, for the city of Lawrence, Massachusetts, where we give out, you know, 500 backpacks plus every single year full of school supplies. Um, you know, so it's multiple things, man. But uh, more than anything, yeah. it's just a movement for dads. It is a movement, y'all. It's Good Dad Gang. You can find it on social media, at Good Dad Gang, Instagram, Twitter, and so on. It's a fabulous movement for real, from the heart of terminology to all y'all out there. So let's talk about hip-hop again, Term. We talked a lot about the legends earlier on, and now here's one thing I want to know from you. Do you feel hip-hop is still evolving in ways you find intriguing? Yeah, for sure, man. Um, uh, I would say, like, Jordan Lucas... I've I heard Jordan Lucas rap a couple of times and it blew my mind. I'm like, yo, wow. Like, cause sometimes um we kind of feel like we heard it all before. And then um, you know, when I heard some of his rhymes, I'm like, yo, this guy is different. Like he is really special. Um and uh, you know, I've heard Eminem do that countless times. I've heard uh, different people just kind of take the culture and elevate it, whether it be an older artist, a newer artist. Um, but I think that hip-hop is evolving. Um, there's some things I miss about the, you know, the the origins and the rules that we had uh, in our era, meaning like, you know, 90s, uh, mid-2000s. Right. I miss, there's a, there's a lot of nostalgia in uh, me missing the originality and caring about making a classic album versus just streaming. Right. Um, you know, but I will say that, you know, again, people newer, uh, artists come through every now and then, like Kendrick Lamar, um, and just blow blow us away with their talent and their God given talent and their skill level. Um, you know, so shout out to people like that. And it's not only people that rap fast. I'm not just gonna shout out the logics and the joiners and the Eminems, but there's also people that rap really slow that are amazing. There's also people that sing, that do beats, um, that ghostwrite, yeah. uh, that do fashion. Shout out to West Side Gun. Uh, I remember West Side Gun before he blew up. He came to Statics. We were working together with him in 2016. Um, and at that time, he was relatively unknown. He just had one single out with Rock Marcy and Conway. And from then to now, it's like he's become like a staple in hip hop and been able yeah. to um, show us our worth underground people are worth like hey listen i sell my sweater for two hundred dollars because i say it's worth that and if you agree then pay that and um i think uh there's a good and the bad to that i think there's a bad that people some people think they're west side gun and they're not so they're trying to right. steal his sauce you know pause they're trying to steal like what he got going on mm -hmm. and i dislike that but i yeah. do like the influence i like the fact that he set a precedent um and made it understandable that yeah, you can sell a, a item that was previously sold in our culture for $5, like a single CD, um, to now you can sell it for $100. Yeah. And I just think that that's cool to put um, respect on art, not uh, not to mention he's a dope rapper. So, uh, so yeah, I do think there's there's inspirations in this culture, and there's, uh, there's things that come along every now and then that stick out. 
Now, let's talk about the last uh, 20 years of hip-hop. Terminology, of course, came along publicly during that time, and we've seen a lot of changes in the game, in the culture, from the 2000s to the present. But I want to know, from your perspective, you know, we talked about legends earlier. Let's talk the last 20 years now. If you could name one name that it may not be the most talented, it may not be the most well-known or popular or best-selling, but to, who do you feel is the most important name to come up in hip-hop in the last 20 years? Wow. That is a hard one, man. Um, Sheesh. It, I mean, it's, it's tough to say. Like, of course, we, we know Jay-Z is the most important figure in, in hip-hop because he was able to show us right before our eyes that in, in the late 80s and early 90s, he was he was not known. And then by 96, he, he got an album deal and dropped Independent, which was semi-successful, but not really like commercially successful. Um, that's 25 years ago. Yeah. And then, you know, by the time he hit, uh, Hard Knock Life 98, he was, you know, just going into stardom. And by the blueprint 2001, which is 20 years ago, he started to become the mogul, the, the, the guy who was selling you the, the liquor and selling mm-hmm. you the clothes and, and, and do, becoming an art collector and real estate. If you've been paying attention to somebody like Jay-Z, um, you could have taken his blueprint and, and understood that you don't, have to um settle for just being a rapper right so i would say within the cultural influence i would have to say it's him um but then you know there's there's other people that came along that was so impactful in a small amount of time too like 50 cent mm-hmm. um is a very important one because now he's doing film before that he showed you that you can get a 200 million 200 million dollar deal with vitamin water this is before yeah. 50 cent yeah people in hip-hop were not doing deals like this your biggest deal was you so happy that you got a million dollar deal, which was the biggest deal you can get before yeah. that. And that was kind of like the label gave you a million dollars, which was recoupable. And you spent it on your album, some of it on your album budget, some of it on you. Um, and it was like, you had to be Michael Jackson to be getting anything more um, with the million dollar videos and all that stuff. So um, I just think like when we're talking business, and culture because it's now intertwined. Everybody seems like they want to be a CEO now. Everybody wants to have an LLC and be a boss. Right. And even if they don't know what it means, they want it, which is which is kind of cool because before the the world was just loaded up with a bunch of lost people. And now people are starting to intertwine business with hip hop. And I think that's pretty cool. Only if you have the right intentions. If you're in this only to come steal from our culture, then I then I don't agree with it. But if you're in it to give to our culture, um, like classic music, like Fifty Cent gave us a classic album, and and uh, Jay Z gave us several. So those those people are exceptions to the rule. But um, you know, some people come to just steal from our culture. But I think the people like that are the ones that really stand out and motivate me because I want to be an entrepreneur. And I'll tell you too, you know, it's dope to me how. You know, people in hip hop have really taken to branding and, you know, finding other streams of income besides music and merchandising and things like that, you know, throughout the past few decades, really, because, you know, if you look back through the history of music, you know, the first artists or group that really took the branding thing on and kind of wrote the blueprint was Kiss. And then after, you know, Kiss first came along, you had artists that began to pick up on that same blueprint and go, well, shit, you know, y'all, we can 
find other income streams like Kiss have and start branding ourselves. Like selling the toys, selling the merch, selling everything. Care pa- uh, meeting people. Beats by Dre, things yeah. like that. Nicki Minaj perfume. Those are the people that inspired me, honestly, the business people in hip hop. You know, mm-hmm. there's some people I go to just for art and there's some people that I, I respect because I want to be a mogul and I look at what they do and I study their moves and I see what went right, right and what went wrong. Um, it seems to me like you can never go wrong with clothing. You can never go long, go wrong with, uh, with alcohol. You can never go wrong with, um, you know, giving back to the community. That's right. Um, public service. I mean, there's things that we're always going to need. Tech, we've seen what Nas did. You know, Nas went from being publicly in debt during Life is Good, which I think is one of his greatest albums because mm-hmm. he wrote it from a, p- a place of pain right. uh, where he was like publicly in debt. And then now he uh, he made $40 million last year yeah. from, from uh, investing in tech. So it's just like those success stories, man, to me are so amazing. And, and I, I can't wait to be the next one. Exactly. You know, and that will happen, man. If you're, you know, you're, you're in this game. You're one of the most respected names in our East Coast hip hop culture. True indeed. You know, so keep at it, man. It's going to happen. Thank no you. No doubt man. about I it. I appreciate that. So, speaking of things that are happening, let's talk about what's happening this weekend Boston Cannabis Week. We've already gone through the lineup a few times here on the show. You are blessing the stage this Saturday at Underground at Inkblock. What can fans expect from this set term? Yeah, I mean, I got a long set. I'm going to do like 20 songs. I'm going to bring out a couple uh, special guests. I might introduce a new artist or two. I might bring some hip hop legends. Uh, I'm going to uh, have one of the homies roll up a two, uh, two foot, three foot joint and light a joint with the crowd. Nice. I'm going to throw some uh, free merch in the crowd. I'm signing autographs. I'm doing meet and greets. I'm going to have a merchandise table with all my new albums, physical copies, hat shirts. Um, I'm throwing out free Monster Energy cans. Um, yeah, it's a vibe, bro. It's going down. This is going to be my first uh, show back in Boston uh, since before the pandemic. I've done little small things here and there, but this is my first real comeback concert. And I've never been through this. I've never had to wait so long to perform in, in my hood. You know, I um, Crazy. I came up in, in the era of opening up for different artists in the Middle East when I was 17 years old, sneaking in through the back door, yeah. opening up for Dead Prez and, and, and KRS and people like that. So ever since I blew up, I've done an average of 20 to 50 shows a year in Boston, big shows, you know what I'm saying? Big, big concerts yeah. Yeah. Uh, in places like Middle East, Paradise Rock Club, um, you know, House of Blues, all these different venues. Um, so this is the longest I've been away, and I, I've explained that to my team, and we're real hungry, and we're we're excited um, for this for this event for sure. We're excited too, man. It's going down this coming Saturday as part of Boston Cannabis Week, yo. In case you may be tuning in late here on the show, where the fuck were you? But you know, that being said, it's. Terminology, Blessing the Stage, with Freddie Gibbs, Mick Jenkins, Sky Zoo, Jasmine Red, Guru Sanal on the decks. Bell time is 3 p.m. It's underground at Ink Block, 90 Traveler Street in Boston. Hit up bcwtix.com to get into this thing. bcwtix.com. Now here's one more song break for y'all here on the Chop Session. Another joint from 360, Terminology and Amadeus. 360, the beat king on this collab. This track features Smith and Wesson. Dead Rappers is the track. Let's hear more about Dead Rappers, term. Yeah, so I came up with the concept to just shout out, you know, some of the rappers that passed away. And um, I laid down the verse and the hook, and I sent it to Amadeus. And, um, excuse me, he... 
actually hit up Smith & Wesson on his own and was like, yo, I really think we should get Smith & Wesson on this. So he booked some studio time at my studio, Time is Money. And, um, you know, he, he brought Smith & Wesson into the lab. I wasn't there, unfortunately, because I was already double booked. But, uh, yeah, they FaceTimed me and they loved the concept. They loved the hook. They followed my lead. We shot the video and was able to um, put, you know, all of the fallen rappers that we could shout out in the video. So, you know, that video is on YouTube right now and the song's on now. Check it out. Dead Rappers. Dead Rappers featuring Smith and Wesson. Terminology. Amadeus 360, the Beat King. This is the Chop Session. I am the indefinable Sterling Golden. This is Boston Free Radio. Back in a few. Spooky in the booth right now. Yeah. Uh, I'm just channeling the souls of the dead rappers. Channeling the souls of the dead rappers. Channeling the souls of the dead rappers. I'm just channeling the souls of the dead rappers. 187 killer rapper like I'm Easy E. On the cover with my shoddy like the OG. 40 OZ. Spill it for the dead. Uh, I said rest in peace, pumpkin head. I'm Big Papa with the Coogee on. Kobe Bryant on the court with some new LeBrons. New batons for my lady friend. She dipped down and designed it down to the thong. Uh, I like it raw like old dirty. Yeah, tryna hustle up a half a mil. Yeah, nip hustle with the grind, no. Yeah, it ain't a sprint, it's a marathon. Five footer like Fife with a knife. Yeah, don't fuck around and lose playing with your life. With your life. Rest in peace, Sean Price, my brother was nice. Look at these rappers now when we nothing alike. I'm just channeling the souls of the dead rappers. Channeling the souls of the dead rappers. Channeling the souls of the dead rappers. I'm just channeling the souls of the dead rappers. I'm just channeling the souls of the dead rappers. Channeling the souls of the dead rappers. I'm just channeling the souls of the dead rappers. Channeling the souls of the dead rappers. To all the killers and a hundred dollar billers. For real, niggas who ain't got no feelings. Pushing the legs bubble. The peak double. Bandana P, we still love you. R.I.P. to Nick Blake. Pop smoke, I'm on my BK shit. Uh-huh. No one does it like y'all are like I. No. One love to the lost boys of Freaky Ties. Uh-huh. We lost too many from the shot. From the name one by one, so I'ma say all of y'all. MC Trouble and Apache. Uh-huh. Mac Dre from the Bay, let's get high feet. See, on my shoulders with a stripe leg. Right hand to guard like Nipsey. Big and Sean Price goats. Deuces from your board, smoke. I'm just channeling the souls of the dead rappers. Channeling the souls of the dead rappers. I'm just channeling the souls of the dead rappers. Channeling the souls of the dead rappers. I'm just channeling the souls of the dead rappers. Channeling the souls of the dead rappers. I'm just channeling the souls of the dead rappers. Channeling the souls. Underground king like a pimp C. Rockin' Tim Dog, hoodie, Nefertiti piece. Overweight lover, I got heavy deep. Slim soldier with the toaster, that's my pedigree. Puff a big hell with Fatal Hussein and Yaki. If heaven didn't have a ghetto, where would Pac be? Where would I be? If they ain't paid the weight, if we ain't rep Bucks, man, what would Biggie say? Lights a jungle, burn a bundle for the homie stack. Middle finger, fuck 12, annoy you phony cats with a fuck Tony at Trouble T. My cup of tea, bar fight, rumbling at the tunnel with my PNC. Yeah. Only God can create stars. Smoke weed every day, bitch. I'm Nate Dog. Bitch, I hate hog. I can see through you. Hundred proof on the truth. Rest in peace, Guru. I'm just channeling the souls of the dead rappers. Channeling the souls of the dead rappers. I'm just channeling the souls of the dead rappers. Channeling the souls. Uh. 
Rest in peace, Black Rob. DMX. Shock G. Big love to Terminology for kicking off Season 3 of The Chop Session here on Boston Free Radio. Thank you, Term, for pulling up. Yes, love, man. Happy to be here. We appreciate you, man. Don't forget, y'all, the new joint is 360, a collab with Terminology and Amadeus 360, the Beat King. Stream it now anywhere, Apple, Spotify, Bandcamp, wherever have you. Track it down, lock it in. And bump that thing all the way to 10, man. It's 360, Terminology. And Amadeus 360, the Beat King. And one more time, Terminology is blessing the stage this weekend on Saturday, to be exact, at Boston Cannabis Week. It'll be underground at Ink Block, 90 Traveler Street in Boston. Hit up bcwtix.com to get into the show. Term, thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Follow me at Terminology ST everywhere. That's right. And you can follow the Chop Session on social media as well at Chop Session Show on Instagram and at the Chop Session on Twitter. And of course, follow your man DJ Sterling Golden on Instagram at DJ Sterling Golden and on Twitter at DJ Sterling Golden with one G. We couldn't fit two in the handle. And next week here on the Chop Session, it is Francine Makua of Makua Swimwear Blessing, our studio. This is the Chop Session. I am the indefinable Sterling Golden. This is Boston Free Radio. I say stop. Stop.